Addio, mia bella Napoli, addio. Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 27th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. It's been a while, so you might not recognise this voice. This is the voice of Henry Bell coming towards you from the west of Scotland. Uh, with me today is the one, the only, Michele Borelli. Uh, ciao Michele, how are you? You're in Naples. How is Napoli today? Ciao, ciao everyone. I think I remember last time we spoke, we said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, we're going to try to do this much more frequently. We're going to hear you. We're going to record another episode next week or in two weeks. Stop. Yeah, sure. That happened. But yeah, no, everyone, everything fine. The weather has been uh, getting warmer. Um, it's not raining anymore. It's, it's Everything is perfect. Everything is nice. Napoli keeps winning for the most part. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy we're celebrating this historic season with an episode every two months. That's really, that's really, <laughs> that's really what we need here. Yeah, but I mean, come on, I mean, it, we got to just enjoy it, you know. And uh, I mean, the reason I've been very busy in my grown-up job, but um, and you've been really busy doing your stuff as well because it's been quite hectic, hasn't it? So, but the other side of it is, it's just been fun to experience it as a fan, you know. You know, we don't, spoiler alert, we don't get paid for this. And so actually... We don't? I didn't no. know that. Well, you really? do, I don't. Oh, shit. Oh. Okay. But it's been just so enjoyable. I mean, since we've last done one, it's been six games. We beat Cremonese 3-0, Sassuolo 2-0, Frankfurt 2-0, Empoli 2-0. Sari did a number on us. And then yeah. we beat Atalanta. And so what we're going to do today is not go through all six of those games. Yes. Because you probably can't remember them, and everybody else listening has heard this a lot. We're going to zoom in, I think, on a particular moment, one of the, what might be one of the most iconic moments in the club's sort of recent history, which was that Cavalli-Scalio goal, which you were just in front of in Curva B. But before we do that, this is episode number 27. What is 27 in the Napoli Tombola? Oh, that's a filthy number, apparently. I didn't even know. Sometimes I don't remember these numbers. But yeah, apparently number 27 is the bedpan. Bedpan? The bedpan. Yeah, yeah. It's what you uh, urinate or defecate into if you can't get out of bed to go to the toilet. Fair enough. So apparently 27 is the bedpan. I don't know. Draw your metaphors draw your connections to anything you want but yeah 27 is the pet pun hopefully the next numbers are gonna be a, a bit nicer if you could empty a bed pan onto any footballing figure's head past present or future who would you choose Michele? Mm, i don't want to think about this too much just because while you were saying it bonucci's face came to mind yeah, so, very good choice. Yeah, I just uh, I, I really hate Bonucci. Yeah. Bonucci, B- Buffon, you know these these people here. Maybe both. They could be stood together, and we could just like fling it so it, it sort of sprays across <laughs> all of them. It's a thought. <laughs> yeah, Agnelli, Agnelli too. The whole family, really. Okay, so I mean, in those six games, <laughs> this is good actually. Um, yeah right yeah right. next episode in two seasons yeah 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 next episode the, 2027 
over the course of the <laughs> the course of those six games without any preparation what sticks in your head or is it all a complete blur of amazingness if you had to pull mm. something out I mean, obviously excluding the... Atalanta, excluding Atalanta. Oh uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, I was about to say the most recent, uh, the most recent come to mind, but no, it's been well, it's been an incredible February, right? We, it's it's. I think we conceded zero goals in February, if I remember correctly. Is that right? It is correct. Yes. Yeah, right. that's incredible. That's incredible. It's the shortest shortest month of the year, still though. You know, think, like of, consider- think of all the shit ones we've had over the years yeah, as exactly. well. Like February's been like the bedpan of 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 our club, basically. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So no, it's been it's been great. You know, we won some very difficult games. Um, it's just this season feels like the what if season of the previous years. You know, like there's always a a moment in every season, every season. There's always a moment when, while I'm discussing the season with my friends and all at the stadium. There is that moment when someone says, oh, I can imagine where we would be if we won against. And then they start the list of blunders from Napoli of, the, of that yeah. season. You know, if we won against Empoli or like, for example, Sassuolo last year, we were winning 2-0 and then we, we, we tied that game, you know, like, and you, you start the list of, it's usually a very long list of Napoli blunders. But this season... That this season is the what if season. This season is like we have no what if, you know. Like, what if we won against what? Like, we won everything. Like, we're winning all yeah. games. This is literally this is why, for the most part, this feels like a dream for me, because it keeps not making any sense whatsoever. But it's also the season that we didn't even dare to dream about the previous years. Oh, like yeah. at plus eighteen. Like 18 and 18 points lead on the. I remember when it, I think it was in November, October, we went plus five on on the second place, and I was out of my mind. I was crazy. I was like, Whoa, plus five? Can you believe? Like five? Like we have more than one, the more than one game of advantage to the second place, and plus five. Then we went plus eight, and I would and. Yeah, I, mean, I, out. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to, to even say it. Sounds and also, you know, you know what's fun is also um, seeing other teams do what we usually do. So like Inter losing against Spezia on Friday. That's what, exactly what we would have done. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Milan dropping points left, right. So and even Atalanta, actually, who sort of scored loads of goals, didn't they, at the beginning of the year. And now yeah. I've just seems to have turned into a different team. That's us. You know, that's not. Whereas we're just like eighteen points. Yeah. But um, on the other hand, on the other hand, it feels, it feels natural. Like, it feels right to win these games because we actually deserve to win these games. It's not like obviously. I mean, if you are, if you, if you win so many games in a season, you kind of deserve it usually, unless your name is Juventus. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it just feels. I mean, we we. When we win a game, for example, against Atalanta, against like Frankfurt, even in Champions League, it doesn't feel like we did anything particularly special anymore. Just because that's my feeling, at least. Just because we are so much better than our opponents. So it feels like, yeah, I mean, of course we won the game. I mean, how else could the game end? We 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 are yeah, we didn't concede any goal, we didn't concede almost any shot to, to the competition. 
in Frankfurt we dominated for basically the whole the whole game except the first 15 minutes. Yeah, it was so, just yeah. about dodgy opening pack. And then it was, yeah, that's really interesting that there's this kind of ease. I think maybe like last year, it was so spectacular. He sort of almost felt like it was it was too flammable that mm. it could be too uh, you know. As Romeo says of Juliet, that we were teaching the torches to burn bright, <laughs> and and perhaps those those torches would would burn out, much like the events of of Romeo and Juliet. But um, what I've really liked about our February, and actually what we saw uh, over the weekend, is just playing really well. You know, just feeling like we're rolling on. And it's I really want to ask you about this because you've been there in the stadium and it seems to me and we're going to get a bit football-y here okay oh, so, wow. um it strikes me that there's this really together system in defensive midfield that the defensive midfield are speaking to each other brilliantly and there's yeah. this possession-based way of playing but there's this really interesting space for chaos that exists in the final third and I don't know how much that comes off that there's this kind of like, okay, we know what's going to happen at the back. We know what's going to happen in the middle. And then there's that sense of like, no one's got any fucking idea what's going to happen in the final third because we have Cavada and we have Ossie and they can just do things that you're not expecting. I suppose what I'm going to ask you is like, what is it like to actually watch this team from the stadium? Like, what have you noticed about the way that this team is set up? Like, how would you characterize it? What strikes me as odd is that everything works right now. Like we don't make mistakes. So what happened, for example, against Atalanta, first half was quite bad. Now we tried, we tried, but Atalanta was was actually quite um, careful in the back. So we didn't find any space. But then in the second half, we did a kind of play that we used to do with with uh, with with Gattuso and a lot with Ancelotti. Just and I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all because it didn't work. And it's kind of like. It's a kind of football which I don't really enjoy, which is just throwing the ball kind of randomly far away to the striker, to the lone striker, which is quite detached from the rest of the team. When we used to do that in the previous years, it, it never worked, obviously, because it's kind of like a desperate move. You can't, it, Basically, it's the, it's the play you, you make when you have no ideas. It's like, okay, I have no clue what to do. Let's just throw this ball super far away to our lone struggle and hopefully work it in the channels. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and let's hope for the best. But now, but now it's actually something they prepare. It's something that they train on, and it it works. And it's crazy to me how how well it works. You know, like it was clear to me first minute from the first minute in the second half they were uh, attacking towards Curva B towards my side, so I had a privileged position, let's say. But it was very clear to me how I think that's what they discussed in the in the uh, in the you know in the dressing room after the first half. And that's probably something that they should have done against Lazio as well, and they didn't. I agree. I thought uh, it was a real example of learning from that game. You know? Exactly. Yeah, they just threw the ball to Osimhen, and Osimhen has improved so much that he actually manages to get the ball, even if it's like. To me, what is crazy about it is that they don't look to Osiman. It's not like Osiman is doing a kind of move and they throw the ball to him. They just throw the ball. They just do it regardless of his position, regardless of his one against one or one against two or three defenders. They just do it. And more often than not, he's able to 
uh, get to the ball faster than the defenders. And this is where he improved a lot. He defends the ball and he waits for the um, for obviously his teammates to for the cavalry uh, to, to arrive. Yeah, yeah and it's, exactly. It's really interesting because I think there's two things going. Well, there's lots of things going on there. There's the fact that he's got that confidence now and ability and talent to be able to bring these yeah. options in, but also inspire such panic in, yeah. in the defense. It's amazing but, to see. I was talking to some friends about, you know, because, I mean, we used to make comparison to, um, you know, our big strikers of the, let's say, as you said, recent history, or Cavani, um, Cavani, well, most, mostly Cavani and, and, and uh, Higuain, of course. Um, Osimen is different. It's very different from them. I, I don't know who's better and who's not, but Osimen is much different than those. I don't think we could have played like that with any of them. And they were very good, obviously. They were extremely good, probably the best in the world for a for a for a time. But Osimen, they would have got you know, grumpy. They would have got grumpy doing what Osimen because true, they don't quite true. have the. I think they don't quite have the chaos. And mm. I think it's this kind of like legislate, legislative chaos is what I'd call it maybe where, <laughs> where like, because part of the reason they can do that is it's not just the unpredictability of what, what Osiman can do, but also he can also wait for people to come in, but he knows that who's coming in is Kavice Kvaratskhelia, yeah, who yeah. is the most unpredictable player I think I have ever seen. Like even more, because even because it's not skills that he does, it's movement, it's balance, it's going one way and then going the other. He just and so I think what I really like about what Spalletti's doing is that he doesn't con- try to control that too much. Like there's this kind of we're working through defense midfield, and then we don't quite know what's going to happen, but that's okay because we have players like Osimhen, Kvartskelia. They haven't been in European football academies what what they're doing is not predictable yeah and that's what i've noticed a bit more this year is that and that's what we saw with that wonderful goal so we'll get to the goal in a sec what was the atmosphere like before so what's it been like having a full stadium every 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 match just give us paint a bit of a picture of like what the difference between this season and last season terms of what the stadium feels like I mean, I've seen, I've, I've been seeing people in the stadium, which I haven't seen in a long time. Not just numbers, just like the people. I, I'm not against that. Again, I don't really believe in, you know, plastic fans, non-plastic fans. I really don't, don't care Great, about making otherwise this. You, we, otherwise, we wouldn't be having a conversation. Okay, like, I'm literally <laughs> made out of plastic. Nah, it's true. But yeah, no, no, it is true that obviously a lot, a lot more people who have never been to the stadium now want to be involved. Which, which um, it's obviously reflected in the fact that the stadium is always full, despite the fact that basically prices, ticket prices have doubled compared to last season, almost doubled. And yeah, they finish all the time. They just like complete sell out, like a hundred percent sell out. Do you know how rare that used to be in the past? People, yeah. I think people now assume, especially people who haven't been looking uh, Napoli too closely. In the past, people assume that this is normal. This is not normal. Again, we used to make probably have one complete uh, sold out stadium every two seasons, something like that. That's how rare it was. And now it, it happens all the time with much, much higher prices. So, yeah, the atmosphere is nice. There have been some uh, problems with ultras as usual. 
do you trust the police? You know, it's it's sad that it's still happening this season. You know, it's a special season, but there's still a lot of problems going on with the police. It does seem that the behavior seems to have got a bit got a bit worse, doesn't it? Whether that's connected to the increased success or not, but I think it's random. It's a little bit random, and it's uh, it's a sad normality, unfortunately, in Napoli. I'm getting a little bit tired of it. I'll be honest with you, especially because the ultras, um, basically, when they boycott, their uh, method of boycotting is staying silent, which is, which is, I don't know, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you have like hundred different chants about never stop singing and following Napoli everywhere. And then <laughs> the moment something goes wrong, you shut up and you stay silent for months and months and months until you have your ways. I think they are very egocentric. Uh, well, I, I experienced I, that firsthand in the stadium yeah, in May. Exactly. exactly. Got, I really got, I got I, in trouble for singing. Yeah, this is ridiculous and it's getting worse. Like now we have we haven't had drums drums in the stadium since January. Um since after the World Cup, um, yeah. the middle part of Curva B is not singing. If you like, if they show Curva B in the television, you will see that there are banners to the left, banners to the right, but there are no banners in between. So it's that same bit that was a problem when I was there. In, no, in, no, no. Because it was the middle guys that didn't like us. No, no, no. When when it happened to us, it was basically the curva was split in half, and we were chanting. The, the wrong side of the curva, basically, you know, the, the left side was making chants and we participated in the left side, but we're sitting, sitting, well, we were Story in the, of my life. Okay. Yeah, Story we, were, of my life. we were in the right side. So they got, that's honestly, it makes, it's so stupid to even tell that I don't even want to remember it, but now it's different. Now it's um, basically one group in curva B has been punished, I guess, for the um, fights with Roma fans back in January. So yeah. they have been uh, basically Which is probably boycotting. fair enough, to be honest. Yeah. It's it being violent on a motorway. I, think it's I agree, fair. I agree. It's just that Sue said that they prioritize fighting with other fans instead yeah. of supporting, supporting the team, especially in a, in a season like that. So yeah, I think, well, we don't know the official news, but I think that the police is basically punish the, punishing them and them only. And it's also Curva. Curva is still singing, but it's there are no banners, no flags. I get a lot of questions. Like, well, why, why there are no flags in Curva? Why there are no flags in Curva B? That's the reason. But yeah, no, other than that, the atmosphere is special. There is always a atmosphere of you know joy, partying. A lot of people, very happy people. A lot of people who haven't never been to the stadium are now coming to the stadium. I really like that because that's how you build fans of the future. So Indeed. that's uh, yeah, I I love it. It's just it's um you know I, don't I think we can we can understate this that I think what's happened this season is going to create thousands and thousands and thousands of new fans just because of the way that that the team's playing as well, yeah. not just in the city but outside of it. I mean, I'm saying it here in west of Scotland. Like I've got colleagues. He'd never talk to me about football coming up to me say, oh, I saw an athlete. There you go. You've, you've chosen your Italian team. Thank you. But um, <laughs> yeah, what? Okay. So the game's a bit edgy, although we are beginning to dominate in the second half. And then this extraordinary thing happens. Um, what's it like to watch a goal like that in, in Curva B? I mean, watching it at home, on the sofa was incredible. I couldn't, I just really couldn't believe what I was watching, like seeing an entire defense move 
one way and the player go the other way and be mm. surrounded and then yet to get that fantastic striking. It was it just felt incredibly iconic to me. Like and I can really imagine us walking across uh Piazza Plebiscita, you know, mm. in 50 years' time talking about maybe even trying to recreate it ourselves with our hip replacement surgeries, you know. <laughs> but that was me on the sofa. Tell me what was the what was the feeling like just before, what was it like during? It was like oh, so it was just, you know, what was it like to watch? Genius in action. So yeah, no, first of all, obviously we were very uh, stressed about the game because it was quite late in the game. It was the 60 something minute. And uh yeah, we didn't really create much during the game up to that point. We did a little bit better in the second half, but it was still not an easy win. I mean, we came just from the Lazio game and it was tactically different very different game but it was almost the same in many many ways you know like Lazio didn't create much and Atalanta didn't create much but they were very tight in defense I, I think it was kind of like the Lazio game but 30 meters behind because Lazio used to defend Lazio defense like very high up on the pitch you know like almost in, on the midfield line uh, Atalanta doesn't do that. Atalanta does that by like 30 meters behind. But still, you know, very tight, very compact. You know, we we hate Gasperini because of that. He's a really good manager. And uh, yeah, no, so we really, really needed that. And it was an eruption of joy, obviously, when we scored. Uh, it's not always the case because we've been winning games quite easily. So I'm not saying that people don't celebrate goals. I'm not saying that. But obviously, I think part of the... For the most part, when you celebrate a goal, it's kind of like a, a tension relief, right? So the tension builds up. You kind of imagine the game not going your way, and then you erupt in joy. This is why last-minute goals are always the best goals, even because they are the most stressful. And yep. um, yeah, so that was going in that direction, and I'm happy it didn't. And uh, yeah, no, it's just it was crazy. It was it was right in front of me because obviously I I am I basically I see it on the right side of Curva B, and obviously that's where Kupara plays uh, yeah. when, when they attack towards Curva B. So it was crazy to me, you know, like... See, as the I moment said, I saw it, I thought of you. I was like, Michele is right next to this, because I know where you're based on Curva B. So yeah, what, exactly. what was going no, through your was, mind when he received the ball then? From, so from, what was going through my mind, I'll be honest, I remember now that it's... Basically, I think we did before that goal. We made a couple of plays with Fara in that position, and um, he didn't really make the right choice in those two instances. So he like very badly, very bad shots both times. Yeah. But Thanks. what I like about yeah, what I like about Fara is that he's, he's a young player, but he's also very I, I I think at least he's very humble. The way he plays makes me believe that he's a humble player. He's not happy when he makes a mistake. So I think it kind of like Osimhen. He learns from his mistakes even during the game. So first play, he shoots very badly. Okay, fine. Second play, he shoots very badly. Ugh. But but the third play, the play of the goal, when he went towards the middle of the box, I kind of felt like okay, that's that is it. Like there is no way he's gonna make the same mistake now. There is no way he's gonna he's not gonna learn from his previous shots. And I can I kind of felt confident that he would score. It's weird because I never feel confident about Napoli scoring, but it was I kind of felt confident about it, and it was great. You don't really, I think you don't really appreciate the goal from Curva B because obviously your perspective is kind of 
you know, like you don't have a lot of depth perception. So yeah, you could, yeah, yeah, you you could see the whole defense there, but you could, you couldn't really see how many were in the box. You couldn't see how close they all were. Uh, Great, but just great goal. You know, like the whole play was great. It's a play that we've been doing for a while now. You're just like ball to Osimen. Osimen finds Kvara all alone. Uh, on the left and then he goes in and uh, and scores like it's kind of like the goal we scored against Juventus as well no like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. man passing to Clara and then shooting. but he's smart isn't he because sometimes he stays out wide and crosses sometimes he goes and actually he mixes it up just enough to make it impossible to know what he's going to do next and I think um that balance and that ability to go both ways is just it's just the coolest thing, isn't it? But that's yeah. a good point about, about depth perception. That's the thing about being behind the goal, isn't it? But what... Um, and so far from the beach. Yeah. What, what were the people around you saying afterwards then? What was it like when that, when that went in? I don't know. And I was horizontal with people on me and under me. It was... I don't know what happened. When Napoli scores goals like that, there is no way... <laughs> there is no way I can understand what's going on. I think some people punched me. Because yeah, because yeah, I, I realized that later. But I think some people behind me just punched my back a lot of times, and at the moment it doesn't hurt because I'm like full of you know, full of just hormones and and adrenaline. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I think it was crazy. It was crazy. I think it was a big stress relief. And um, I've been saying a lot of people actually, but me too. I've been saying that it kind of felt like before the game started. Napoli Atalanta kind of felt like a match point in a way you know mm. i i put a lot of a lot of meaning into this game you know obviously we are in the final phase of the season so we can say that now but it's just you know like winning at home against atalanta that doesn't happen too often like we kind uh. of like we, we tend to forget that you know we tend to forget how difficult these games are um winning against atalanta especially after inter um, um loses you know, it's it's so difficult and winning 2-0, it's, I don't know, even before the game, I was saying, you know, it kind of feels, kind of feels like, I don't want to say, but it kind of feels like, okay, this is, this is a bigger Sad. game, you know, this is not, this is not just three points, it's much bigger than that. So yeah, Dan so Bowen, I was... Dan Bowen is screaming at his, uh, his headphones right now, his speaker saying, you believe again. Yeah, he says that in person as well. Good man. I, I would I would expect nothing less. And then I mean also weirdly that that second goal came at just exactly the right time, just when we were beginning to get a bit nervous and there was a couple of decent counters. Then just at that exact moment that we needed it, it happened. And that's just been the weird thing about the season. It's just things are just falling into place. Yeah. Um okay, I haven't got a huge amount of time, but I wouldn't mind hearing what your thoughts are about our European campaign. So your hot take has ignited much discussion, mass debate on the internet. Um, Do you feel any different about this now or what what are your feelings ahead of of Wednesday? I mean, I I go through games one game at a time. So obviously it's not like when I'm in the stadium, I can be as pessimistic as you want. I can be doubtful about Napoli winning this or winning that. But when I'm in the stadium, I obviously, I only care about Napoli. This, I, I, I kind of block everything else out. I don't really care. 
So yeah, no, I mean it's it's very hard. I don't want to think about where we can get. You know, it's just it's it feels. I think Champions League game. It's you know you know what's weird is that we obviously we had a big breaks between Champions League games because the last Champions League game was in November and then the next one was in February, right? So yeah, we yeah. we played a lot of games between that and um, we got excited. We kind of started to believe that something big could happen in those times, in, in those months. And I was speaking to some friends at the time, you know, in January, um, November, December, even February. And we were like, but do you remember, like, and we forgotten that we are still in Champions League because all we spoke about was Serie A. And we yeah. kind of forgot for a long time. We actually did very well in Champions League too. We're focusing on, on Serie A, the Scudetto, but it's actually, you know, we, st- we still have a Champions League to play. And now it's kind of the reverse after we won in, uh, in Frankfurt. And uh, now we're going, obviously we're going to play Frankfurt in, in, uh, in two days. It's kind of the opposite because obviously we don't take Serie A for granted. I don't, at least. Same. And uh, winning, winning those games is always hard. But now that we are plus 18, plus 15, and we have that huge advantage for a long time, what you internalize, what you feel is that, okay, we can, we, I mean, we don't want that to happen, but you kind of feel like, okay, even if we lose, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like we lost against Lazio. It was bad. I mean, we didn't like that. But did you feel like it was the end of the world? Did you feel like, oh, you know, like this is a disaster? Not at all, because they had to play so well. It was like a obviously like Sari had spent like a year preparing for the game and like every single thing that he wanted to happen came off. So when you play a team and every single part of their game plan comes off and you lose one nil, that's like I mean it's not good to lose, but that's like the best way to lose, I think. Agreed. And also the table was still looked looked um good, you know, like we, we were yeah, plus yeah, yeah. fifteen on the inter. So yeah, I think in Syria we kind of feel internally that we can afford not to win all games now. But in Champions League, it's different. So we go from this mentality. I think the players have to feel it too. I think it's hard for the players too, even though they're always focused, to be honest. We go from Serie A, when if you lose, it's not the end of the world, to Champions League, which is a knockout game. And it's a super different mentality. It's super different. Even in the stadium, I think it's completely different. Because you feel like, okay, every goal counts. Every play counts. If we concede, it's a disaster. If we score, it's a, a super big joy. You know, it's a big deal. And this is the kind of feeling that you only uh, experience when you play these knockout games. And these are obviously the only knockout games we're going to experience until the end of the season because we are out of Coppa Italia. So, yeah, it's a big, I think it's a comp- Big shift in mentality from going, especially going from one game to the other in the, the span of four days. And uh, obviously, we haven't been in the round of eight in Champions League in ever. I don't know. So it's, it's been a long time. Are you looking forward to screaming champions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's because I was just thinking actually when we were talking at the beginning of, of the season, that was the thing that both of us were most excited about was that actually and that coming back because you know obviously it'd been a, a little while since we've been in and um i suppose i feel a bit different the last time we talked because actually it's amazing isn't it being in, in this stage and it's really exciting and in some ways the sort of neurosis around the position in the league has kind of mm-hmm. gone because 18 plus 18 i'm not going to say anything to jinx it but you know 
So actually, I'm really excited. I hope, I think you've made such a good point that that mentality shift can come through to the team because actually I think it's going to be quite tough and I think they've got everything to lose, whereas Frankfurt have got nothing to lose and that can be very dangerous in a knockout tie, in a full stadium. So sometimes that can, it can go the other way, can't it? The the, the other team can go in. Um, Henry, I think think what I would like to talk about as well before we finish this is the problem we had with the Frankfurt fans Oh yeah, definitely, the, definitely. Yeah, there has been a big uh, discussion about uh, Frankfurt fans being getting banned from the stadium, and what I'm seeing is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of confusion about what's happening. People who don't know who to blame. Um, it's a disaster. It's a big mess, and uh, I think people need to be informed about this because it's quite complicated, but also very normal, unfortunately. Because they were banned, okay. weren't they? And then it was overturned and then they're banned again. That was, that's yeah, my take. Um, but I'm sure you've got much more detail on this. No, I wonder, okay, so the background info you need to know is that there is a committee in, in, uh, in Italy which is called um, Osservatorio Manifestazioni Sportive. It's a committee which is basically uh, part of the Ministry of the Interior. This committee, the, the sole job of this committee, which uh, um, includes the Italian police boss, the fire, uh, the fire uh, department, the auto grill, even the highways boss. A lot of people. It's like twenty people, like Ministry of the Interior, obviously the Carabinieri. Uh, a lot of people. The sole job of this committee is deciding which restrictions to apply to uh, football tickets and to away fans and even home fans. But it's home fans are usually exempt from this. Uh, not always, but usually extend from this restriction. So this committee um, meets once a week on Wednesday, and they usually decide the restrictions for the next game. So they don't decide three months in advance, even though we know which games we're going to play very far in advance. They only decide, they only meet on Wednesday and they decide for the, maybe not the next uh, weekend, but the weekend after. So it's like 10 days ahead, basically, or sometimes even less, but yeah, usually yeah. 10 days, 10, 10 days before the game. This happens to all games. Okay. This happened to all games in Serie A. And obviously, be, the game being in Italy, this happened for the Napoli Frankfurt game too. Uh, I've read some statements from the uh, Frankfurt uh, CEO, president, I don't know who he is. And he said, uh, but they've been, they knew that we had this game to play since November. So why are they deciding now? This is why. This is why. This is a normal procedure. They decide one week before the game, and that's it. So um, what happened was that obviously they uh, met and they decided that the risk for this game, they basically assign a risk factor to all games. And based on that risk factor, they um, impose restrictions on tickets and away tickets. And obviously that means away fans. They decided that this game is a very high risk game. And that means that the restriction to apply is to ban to basically close the away section this is crazy but this is also normal unfortunately in Serie A this is just like us in Glasgow isn't it like there's got to be German fans that have booked flights and all sorts and yes it's a it's a shame but this is what I want people to understand is that, is that this is not exceptional this is not because people have been saying oh you know they have it against us they hate Frankfurt, they, no, this happens all the time. Like me being a Napoli resident, I cannot go to games in Turin 
I cannot go to games in, uh, uh, I couldn't go, for example, to Inter Napoli. I was banned from going to Inter Napoli as an away fan because yeah, I, live, yeah, yeah. I live in Campania. I can go to Roma Napoli because I live in Campania. So people, th- I've been reading so many, I've been triggered a little bit about this because I've been reading a lot of fake news. For example, people saying, ah, oh, yeah, the Ministry of the Interior is a Napoli fan. That's why. Ah, oh, yeah? I wish. I wish. Yeah. Because yeah. that would mean that I could go to any game in Italy, which is not the case. Napoli fans, I think, are the fans which have the most restrictions in Italy when it comes to away tickets, well, they away games. Always seem to be to be banned. Always. Yes, exactly. exactly. And so you get north, even Rome as well. But like, um, exactly. Yeah. Also, I mean, the Frankfurt fans were very naughty in the home leg. In their home leg, there was some, Look, some trouble I, before the game as well, wasn't there? I agree. Yes, that's true. But I think like, I mean, so my personal have, opinion that, that's not going to help the risk factor, is it? If we're honest, I absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that you can ban. So what no, happened was that the right the police said, okay, let's ban everyone from Germany from getting tickets to the game, home or away tickets. Everyone from Germany is banned, and this caused a lot of chaos because obviously Napoli has a lot of fans in Germany who wanted to attend this game, and they said, oh, but you know, but I'm a Napoli fan. It's hard to explain the situation. But this is what it is, you know, like they couldn't attend. So uh, Frankfurt then appealed the decision and the judge decided last uh, Saturday that the decision was wrong. The ban was wrong. They said and it was a hilarious uh, statement from the judge. The judge basically said um, the police cannot impose such a generic ban on a whole country. Like you cannot just, yeah, right. You said like you banned 80 million people from attending a football game because you think there is a risk factor involved. This is, this is ridiculous. And uh, this ban is hereby uh, revoked. Um, this means that uh, unfortunately, this is not final because uh, they imposed another ban. They followed the judge's, um, the judge's uh, decision, the judge's reasoning which was this ban is too generic. At least, basically what the judge said was at least try to do your job. And I love that. <laughs> they said, basically the judge said, instead of deciding uh, an appropriate restriction, you just decided to ban everyone. You decided for the, she called it the option zero, which is not an option at all. So basically she said, you know, like at least try to make it more specific because you cannot ban a whole country from a football game. So that's what the police did, unfortunately. They decided to impose another ban, and the ban is now for Frankfurt residents. So yeah. people who live in Frankfurt cannot get Which is get pretty tickets. standard, isn't it? And Again, with, with this is a standard. This is not something Napoli decided. Some people are, uh, are led to believe that this is something Napoli, like the club, decided. Huh. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read and heard in my life. Like, you think uh, Napoli has the power to just impose such a restriction this is crazy this is absolutely crazy and uh it is said that napoli kind of encouraged the decision this is true because napoli sadly made a statement saying we don't agree with the judge's decision to revoke the restriction this is very disappointing for me to read that and yeah uh, yeah, but that's what happened this doesn't mean that napoli um, pressured the police to make napoli doesn't have this kind of power they don't have this. They participate, obviously, in the meetings, uh, not the committee meeting, the more uh, the smaller meetings with, which happen in Napoli. And um, basically, what happens is that the Napoli police boss makes a suggestion. They suggest for a decision, and then it is imposed on the Ministry of the Interior level. 
So this is what happened now. And I think this uh, Frankfurt appealed again. I don't know if there is time to revoke this ban. Um, I hope there is time to do that because it's a ridiculous yeah. ban. I would like for the police to just try, at least try to do their job, you know. It's they're probably just yeah. Fans yeah, they're probably right that the, that this game is high risk, but that doesn't mean that you can just ban Frankfurt fans from coming to the game. Just try to do your job, you know, like do your exactly do your job. Like yeah. that is literally why you're there. I think you look you look visibly lifted now. You've got this off your chest. You seem you seem more more relaxed. You seem more focused, <laughs> more centered. Do, do you do you feel better now? I feel better now because finally. Again, we are the victim of this procedure, of this process, of this system, week in, week out. And for the first time, we are not the victim. We are apparently uh, benefiting in a way, because it's true, we are benefiting from the system. And people are blaming Napoli, they're blaming the fans, they're blaming the city, the police, everything, which is crazy. Again, I'm happy that they are throwing... They, they are. Uh, um, uh, throwing some lights on the system because we are the victim of it. So nice. if something can change because of it, then we're going to be the first one to benefit from it. So I really hope that something changes. Everybody yeah, wins no, then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice. a shame. It's really a shame. I hope that, I really hope that, I really hope to see Frankfurt fans in the stadium because, you know, that's part of the beauty of Champions League nights. 100%. I've spent, uh, Many an hour at Frankfurt Airport. That's been my experience, Frankfurt. Mm. It's, it's very big, and often the shops aren't open. But I think uh, it would be shit because they're, they're really impressive as well as a, as a set of fans when they're not trying to beat up mm. our lot as well. So, yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm super pumped. I'm super excited. And it will be the second meeting of Glasgow Napoli or Kurovaji. Um, <laughs> On Wednesday, we, nice. we're going to go to the same pub that we went to. There you Good. go. Um, in fact, I'm just going to say, Liam, I did ask Michaela before today about Tenant's Super, <laughs> the Scottish beer that seems to be very trendy in Italy. But you, you have no idea, Michaela. But uh, but you just think it's a kind of it's exotic because it's foreign, so we're going to sell it, right? <laughs> crazy to me <laughs> it's, one yeah. of the, you know, it's one of those cultural shocks that you don't experience unless you speak to people who come from this part of the world you know yeah i mean tenants here are perfectly normal i'm not a beer drinker so i wouldn't know about it but yeah a lot of yeah. people even even brag about drinking tenants so it's kind of, when you Love tell it. me that it's not a good beer i, I i'm gonna the, use it i'm gonna use it against my I friend I drink it. I'm not gonna, you know, but it is like the most bog standard. Like it's the cheapest one that you can get. And you know, when you see people like drinking it at bus stops and stuff. Anyway, so I'm glad we got some some mention of food and drinking today. Um, okay, what's the expression of the week? We we can't leave without this. I'm so excited about Wednesday now. Talking about Cavada, <laughs> talking about the the anthem. Ugh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be anyway. good. I think it's gonna it's gonna be great because again, it's we 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 love this kind of nights. You know, we haven't lived through many of these nights in the past. We I will for, for, for I I will never get used to Champions League ever. And yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. talked about it in the past. For me, this is still yeah. crazy. Like, we can go to the round of eight in Champions League. What? It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me, and it's just a crazy, it's crazy game in a crazy, crazy season. 
a fever dream of a season. Um, okay, go on then. So what we got? What we got? Okay, so the uh, phrase of the week um, is based on Napoli's performance and this crazy season on the fact that we're winning everything all the time, everything everywhere, all the time, all at once. So very, very relevant yeah. to the Oscars. Yes, exactly. I saw it yesterday as well too. But it's so the phrase of the week is "Osazio non creer odiuno." I repeat, "Osazio non creer odiuno." In Italian, it would be "Chi è sazio non crede al digiuno." In English, it is "Those who are full do not believe in fasting." Those who are full do, do not believe in fasting, and I am full right now. I'll be honest. Yeah. We've been fasting for a long time, but now our table is full. Our stomach is full. Um, I am full, but I do not believe there is any other way forward other than keep eating. Keep it going. It's like Christmas. Just keep it going. Exactly. And, okay, I'm going to ask you a food or drink question. If you had to choose a meal that you would just keep eating, what what would that be? Because everyone loves it when you talk about food. So come, <laughs> yeah, give, but give I, mean, one one. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like too stereotypical. But you know the answer. You know the answer. Come on. I mean, I love a lot of different foods, but you can beat pizza. You can beat a good pizza, love a good it. margarita, a simple, a simple margarita with good ingredients. From a, but not Basilon. From, you don't like Basil on your pizza. I know. No, I like I like Basilon. I don't like to eat it, but I like ah, to so have Basilon. Yes. Yes. There yes. we go. And I found a I found a girl that actually loves Basil, so I just give it to her. I just give it to her. She she eats all my Basil leaves and she loves it. So beautiful. It's yes. like it's a heartwarming story to end <laughs> to end on proceedings on. So thank you very much, everyone. Sorry, sorry, it's been a, a while. Uh, the, the road is opening up a bit ahead of us. I'm not going to make any friends. Yes. <laughs> last time I didn't yeah. go so well. Um, so, yeah, if we want to find you on the Twitter, Michaela, we find you at Napoli Tickets. Although you're very busy these days uh, with all that stuff. So patience is required. Um, I'm Henry Belcalcio, and this is at Shadow of Vesuvio, part of the Far From Vesuvius network. Shout out to the rant. Give that a listen, folks. Shout out to Joe Fischetti, his great podcast. There's a lovely community. And shout out to Dan and Mario and their new channel. There's all sorts of amazing stuff out there. Aren't we lucky to be part of such a good community, Michele? Um, all right, ragazzi. Yeah, take it easy and forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.